Welcome to the Sooners Extra Podcast, powered by the Oklahoma. I'm your host, Ryan Aber, here high above uh, Jones AT&T Stadium in Lubbock, Texas, joined by columnist Jenny Carlson and Barry Trammell back home in Oklahoma. And uh, guys, we saw a wild one on Saturday night, and it looked like for the first time really this season that this Oklahoma team looked like a team that can accomplish what uh, what this team has in front of them, which is after what everything else that happened today, virtually controlling their own destiny uh, in, in the Big 12 title race. Jenny? Yeah, they, they don't quite have it mathematically in their control, but it's darn close. I mean, basically, they just need to win out, and they've got a great shot of being in Arlington in December. And, you know, a month ago, I'm not sure, well, three weeks ago, whenever that was, I'm not sure anybody would have thought they were going to get to the point where they were playing well enough to, you know, really be in contention. But, um, you know, these last two weeks, being road games uh, at Tech, at TCU, and winning in dominant fashion both weeks, uh, even more dominant this week, I think it speaks to the trajectory that they're on, which is really positive. But, you know, also they had to get some help, and they're starting to get it around the Big 12 as it relates to K-State losing, Oklahoma State losing. So that has to just be even more, um, you know, it just has to give them even more motivation to want to continue to be on that trajectory that we've seen these last couple weeks. Yeah, and really, uh, sorry, Barry, just real quick, uh, the uh, controlling their destiny mathematically just comes down to the fact that Kansas State and Iowa State haven't played yet. Kansas State lost their first game today. Iowa State just has one loss. Those two teams that – OU fell too early in the season, but certainly with Kansas State losing Skylar Thompson, you figure that uh, they're not going to be long for that race. And then if Oklahoma can find a way to, to win out, which would include a Bedlam win, then uh, they're in fantastic shape, Barry. Yeah, and you know, you know, Texas stays in the race today, beating Oklahoma State. Sooners beat Texas. Texas has two big games bunch of big games left, but they still play K-State and Iowa State. And you know what? I, we shouldn't really eliminate West Virginia from the conversation. They're three and two, same as Oklahoma now. they got a tough schedule. But if they beat Texas next Saturday, you know, they, they jump into the conversation and the Sooners still get West Virginia and Morgantown. So it's becoming a fascinating race. What we do know is that they're – Almost surely the college football playoff is going to be conducted without a Big 12 team. And the Sooners got to be kicking themselves because, um, you know, what we saw tonight, uh, what we saw really last week against uh, TCU and uh, before that against Texas for a good chunk of the game, this is a team that's very capable of doing all kinds of things, but they just squandering that that lead against Kansas State just is going to come back to haunt them. But right now, they look like very capable of winning the Big 12 Conference. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and Jenny, a lot of the reasons they look capable tonight were a couple of the players that we've talked and written so much about over the last, gosh, what's it been, uh, almost 11 months, I guess, uh, well, 10 months, I guess, since uh, just before the Peach Bowl when we found out that Ramondre Stevenson, Ronnie Perkins, and Trajan Bridges had been suspended for testing positive in an NCAA test for uh, uh, marijuana use. Tonight, two of those guys come back, and 
really they were the two best players on the field for the Sooners. Ramondre uh, Stevenson added a, a tough element to their running game, ran for three touchdowns tonight, scored a touchdown on his first carry. The last time that he carried the ball for the Sooners was a touchdown as well uh, in the Big 12 title game, that eventual game winner. And then on defense, Ronnie Perkins, who they've been pretty good. Well, they've been really good on the defensive line, especially the last couple of weeks, but they've been pretty good up there. Ronnie Perkins added a different element. We saw him just flying all over the field, uh, making plays, including uh, a play that led to the first interception for Trey Norwood in the game. So uh, those uh, those guys who returned from suspension were just massive to this result tonight. Yeah, I mean, I think it just adds, uh, like you said, Ryan, I mean, it just adds that extra element of, um, you know, whether it's speed or toughness or talent or what, you know, whatever you want to, you know, whatever you know, line you want to check off for them. You know, I thought Ramondre Stevenson was excellent. Um, you know, nobody played a full game tonight because it was such a blowout. You saw starters pretty much head to the sidelines after a, a series or two in the in the second half. So only 13 carries for Stevenson, um, you know, which I think that number will go up, but you know, he, he's, this is the first game action he's seen in a really long time. So the fact that he ran as strong as he did, um, you know, he was, he was on quite a clip there for a minute. Uh, I think he had his first three carries were two touchdowns. You know, you don't see, you don't see very many uh, touchdowns per carry like that. So um, yeah, I mean, I think he adds uh, when you were talking about, whether it's Seth McGowan or TJ Pledger or, you know, um, whoever else the, the Sooners have coming out of the backfield, nobody physically looks like Ramondre Stevenson. Nobody runs like Ramondre Stevenson. He just has, you know, he has that size. He has that, um, you know, broad build that I really think, um, you know, we saw just what that looked like to some degree last year. And you got to think it's, it's going to be elevated this year once he sort of gets himself back where he's comfortable with the amount of carries that, uh, you know, it looks like he could potentially carry. So fascinating development that you bring back guys that are as talented and were as good as they were last year in Stevenson and Perkins and drop him in the middle of a team that is continuing to show such a, a positive movement forward. Now, Ryan, are you, uh, I've heard you say, I think you wrote this after the game, and I think you just said it. You're making the case that the best offensive player on the floor tonight was Ramondre Stevenson and not Spencer Rattler. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that the testimony I'm hearing? Uh, yes. Your I... Honor, Your Honor, uh, permission to treat the witness as hostile. Saying that, I do think Ramondre Stevenson was the best player tonight for Oklahoma's offense. Spencer Rattler was fantastic yet again. 21-30, 288 yards, a couple touchdowns, no interceptions, which was massive. He's been – he's really taken care of the ball since, uh, since being benched briefly against Texas. He was phenomenal tonight. I don't think there's any, any doubt about that and, and certainly looked up to the level of, of OU's quarterback play in recent years. And – you know, even that 21 for 30 number that's that's pretty good could have been better because they had some drops tonight. The most uh, notable one, the Marvin Mims, uh, one that Spencer Rattler talked about after the game and, and said he went over and had to sort of lift Mims up a, a little bit, being down about that. But 
Stevenson's going to get the headlines tonight, and rightfully so, on the offensive side. But Spencer Rattler was phenomenal as well. Well, that was easily his best game. And it should have been better, right? Because, yeah, I mean, there were at least two touchdown drops and maybe some other drops. I don't remember, but, I mean, two legitimate touchdown drops. So it could have been a monster game. Yeah, and and the Mims one would have been a really long play, uh, touchdown play. Mims came back to earth a little bit. He had, a, he had at least two drops. Um, he looked rattled, Barry, after he dropped that long one. He just didn't look like he was as comfortable as we'd seen him before. Yeah, that, that could be. Yeah, and that we'll see be. how he bounces back from that. But four, four catches, 60 yards, still a pretty good game from him. But uh, Theo Weiss, who I wrote about uh, in, uh, well, I'd say today's Oklahoma, and we're – sitting here talking on early Sunday morning. So it's yesterday's Oklahoma. Uh, Theo Weiss with another really big game, a big third down catch early in the game, but uh, finished with five catches, 105 yards. Uh, didn't find the end zone, but it continues to uh, 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 prove that he's one of the top receivers on this team. Uh, on a night where they didn't have uh, Charleston Rambo, who a lot of us thought would be their number one receiver coming into the year, and like uh, y'all were talking about just a minute ago, Marvin Mims, while putting up some really good numbers again, both him and Austin Stogner, Mims came down to earth a little bit. But Theo Weiss seems to keep rolling right along. Well, the truth is they've got a bunch of good receivers. What they've been looking for is the breakout. Who's going to be the heir to the throne of Shepard and Westbrook and Brown and, and Lamb? And thought it was going to be Marvin Mims, and might still be, but um, it'll just be, um, you know, for right now, the Rattler's got a bunch of different guys he can throw to. Yeah, a lot of guys that he, he can trust uh, right now, and, and uh, he can throw all of those guys that we just talked about into the mix. Um, but, uh, Jenny, the, the way that this team reacted from early in the game when things – just sort of went off the rails in the first 10 minutes of the game. And it's, it's hard to think that it was almost 10 minutes of them uh, just sort of trying to find their footing. And then when they found it, uh, it, you know, they just absolutely took off. Yeah. You know, that first Texas tech possession, which they got the ball out of the gate, you know, that looked like Oklahoma defensive you know, the, the, the worst of times, really. I mean, seven-play uh, seven drive that essentially went 80 yards because they had, a, they had a, a penalty to start with. And, you know, three, three easy, easy catches um, all against um, Trey Brown. And then three running plays or four running plays, and they're in the end zone. So, you know, it, it, was, it was stunning how easy they moved down the field. And, you know, we, uh, they went tempo last week against West Virginia, so there was at least some thought that they were going to try to speed things up a little bit. But the level of efficiency that first drive was just like, you know, good grief. It, it just seemed like it was all of your, you know, speaking of Halloween and nightmares, I mean, that was a nightmare drive for the OU defense. Then, you know, the OU, o, OU offense has a three and out. They punt, you know, just all sorts of, um, you know, just all sorts of stuff that wasn't real, wasn't real promising. And it, as I think both of you have written at different times and talked at different times, 
you know, during that two-game losing streak, Oklahoma couldn't it, – it couldn't seem to overcome momentum shifts. And momentum didn't shift away. They never had it to start with. So the fact that they were able to recapture it and then put the pedal to the metal, to me, that's a huge, huge evolution for this team. To be able to, to get out of the doldrums and then to really get out there and, you know, take it to Texas Tech – now, I'm not sure this team – I don't know if I thought this team would get to that point um, so quickly this season, if they'd, if they'd get there at all. So, to me, that was, a, that was a huge, huge statement for this team early in this game. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and Barry, I, I'm, I know you were on some of the, the post-game Zoom. I'm not sure if you were on for Spencer Rattler and heard everything that he had to say, especially right there at the end, but – Spencer Rattler said one of the things that he told the team in the meeting, I think it was uh, it was Friday night, was it's time we go out and embarrass somebody. And, uh, you know, this team's done a lot of embarrassing people in the past, hadn't done that uh, to this point uh, this year. Last week against TCU was a step in the right direction, doing some, some positive things. But um, they did embarrass uh, Texas Tech tonight uh, just – with the way that they played on, on both sides of the ball. And, and that uh, speaks highly of uh, their, their chances moving forward. Well, this is, if you're a really good team, if you're an elite team, if you're a championship team in college football, you don't get there by winning four point games and seven point games. You ought to be, take care of a lot of teams by the third quarter. And the Sooners, um, you know, they, they get off to a one-and-two start because they're playing with fire, and they go down to the wire with three straight teams. Last week, good solid romp of TCU. I mean, what was the score? Uh, 33-14. Was that our score? I can't remember. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, but a good solid win. And then you've got, uh, you know, a, a big-time romp today. So uh, this is what title teams should do. And it, to me, it's a good sign to, to go down to Lubbock, you know, uh, most people, you know, the line was only 15 and a half. And a lot of people thought it might be a close game because, you know, it always is in Lubbock or seems to be. This Tech team is not as explosive as what we've seen from the past. They don't, you know, Patrick Mahomes has is, is, uh, exhausted his eligibility by now. So <laughs> it's not a – this is not a, you know, vintage Texas Tech team by any stretch. So you ought to, you ought to go down there and whack them 62 to 28 or – 52 to 21, whatever, you know, whatever score you want to name. So good, solid, good, solid win. This is the same team on the same field that last week beat West Virginia. So it's not a bad team. Uh, so it's, it, to me, it's a very good sign. Um, I'm not into embarrassing anyone, but uh, uh, routing people or, you know, is, is a pretty good thing to do. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, we're going to take a quick break there. And uh, come back on the other side with some more talk about the OU defense, the defensive line, how they stack up, uh, the Trey Norwood's big day, and a couple other things. Thank you so much for joining the Sooners Extra Podcast, powered by the Oklahoma.
Welcome back to the Sooners Extra Podcast, powered by the Oklahoma and Ryan Aber here with Jenny Carlson and Barry Trammell. And uh, Barry, b- before the break, I mentioned the OU defensive line, and obviously Ronnie Perkins was a massive uh, part of that tonight. But uh, Isaiah Thomas has played uh, really well for for most of the year. Perion Winfrey, uh, the same thing, has really come on strong, especially here recently. Uh, Nick Benito, if you want to call him a, a de- defensive lineman, which he pre- pretty much is, has been fantastic. It seems like this is the best OU's defensive line has played as a group in a really long time. But it, it, you know, when was the last time you you can remember uh, OU's defensive front playing to this level? And just how important is that for their defense uh, as a whole right now and, and this team as a whole? Well, I mean, I'm trying to remember specifics about 2017. That was a pretty good defense. It wasn't great, but it's pretty good. Probably about the level that this one is played at. Um, But what impresses me about this defense, and we saw it tonight, um, is the depth. They got a lot of guys that that can interchange and rotate in and out on that defensive line. Um, And – when you when you play a team like Tech, wants to spread you out, throw it a lot, and that kind of thing, you know, you you need some fresh bodies, and the Sooners seem to go too deep all across the line, and that hasn't been necessarily the case in recent years. So like, let's see, Stokes didn't play tonight, I don't think. Yeah, Stokes um, was out tonight, but you know, Ronnie Perkins is back, and so you know, you don't miss a beat. So good, solid depth there makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. And, and- Oh, sorry. And it, I was just going to say, it's just, you know, that's what good defenses have. I'm not saying OU's a good defense yet, but that's what good defenses have. Yeah, as, and as Jenny wrote today, Isaiah Thomas gives them uh, some, some flexibility there, able to play inside, outside as well. Uh, Josh Ellison's a guy we, we didn't mention there, Marcus Stripling. Um, so, so they've got um, as good a depth as, as OU's had up front on that defensive side in quite a while, and uh, Jenny, Trey Norwood tonight with a couple of interceptions, just a great, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I want to say great story or a great comeback, but this is a guy who has played a lot of football for this team, been critical for them a couple years ago with his flexibility, a team that made the, the playoff, uh, missed all of last year, hadn't started a game, but Delarian Turner yell out tonight, uh, Trey Norwood gets the nod, and in the first quarter, he has a couple of uh, interceptions, both on tip balls. And uh, it's been a while since a, a Sooners defender has had two interceptions in a game. Been a little bit longer since a, a Sooners defender has had two interceptions in one quarter, but uh, Trey Norwood pulled it off tonight and uh, a big time return to action for him. Yeah, you know, it's, um, I know that's one of the things that you know, has become the buzz with OU defense ever since Alex Grinch got here. You know, that metric of two turnovers a game, it's kind of a magic number. And, um, you know, they've won games when they haven't had two, but it's sort of become a thing because they have struggled to get those. And, um, you know, the question was asked of Norwood actually after the game, is it frustrating or weird at all that, you know, you just happen to be there? I mean, the ball pops into the air and he was close enough to, you know, just run over and grab it. And, you know, it's obviously you have to 
you know, be, be mindful, know what's going on and, and, you know, go make the play. But there is sort of a randomness to it, you know, that, um, I, you know, Isaiah Thomas falls on that fumble. Um, you know, he was it, it, it almost just kind of bounced right to him, uh, which is weird because he was falling and uh, guys were everywhere. So you're sort of not like, how is that random? But it felt like it was a little random. And I think a lot of, you know, fumble recoveries and um, when you're talking about a scrum or, or, a, or a tip pass like Norwood uh, caught. But you're right, Ryan. I mean, I think it it is, a you know, on an individual level, it's really cool after Norwood, you know, misses all of last season to, you know, get back out there. Um, he said he found out earlier in the week he was starting. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and those sorts of things, again, can build the momentum, can build the confidence of this team, um, which, you know, you don't, you don't want them to get too far out ahead of things and think they're better than they are. But, you know, when you're struggling and then you're not doing the things that you've been told you need to do, that can be, that can be a, a kind of a decimating thing. So I think all in all, definitely, again, another sort of brick in the wall of, of building this team toward where they ultimately want to go. Yeah. And Barry, uh, you know, Norwood getting the start back there and also, Woody Washington, who we've heard a lot about and, and talked a lot about over the last month, especially since uh, that interception against Texas, gets his first start tonight. Uh, almost came up with another – well, had another interception. It wound up getting negated by, a, by an OU penalty there. But um, they're clearly also building more depth on the back end of this defense. And they got to uh, throw out some more guys tonight who haven't had the sh- – the shot before and Alex Grinch talked about that a little bit after the game talking about the sort of double-edged sword of well yeah they struggled some you know oh you gave up some yardage and, and points there in the fourth quarter but you also get to see some of these young guys and see well this isn't working this is what did work and, you know let's uh, build on that uh, versus you know not getting to see some of these guys at all. Yeah, and, you know, they it's a little bit the defensive line story, except they're not playing near as good probably, but they are building up depth in that secondary. They've got – you know, if you go back last year, you know, I think Alex had – he had a first team, and then he had a corner he wouldn't mind throwing in the game. And then – but he – you couldn't get him to put in his backup safeties, you know, for no, for no, for no amount of money. So, you know – this year, it seems like with with guys like Norwood back in Washington, and um, it, it seems to be that they've got they're building up more depth back there. Now, you know, I I thought tonight the defense was good. I didn't think it was great. Texas Tech looks a little bit like a discombobulated team to me a little bit. Uh, Columbia, you know, their new quarterback. If he's better than Alan Bowman, Alan Bowman's regressed. I mean, that's all I can say. And I don't – you know, Matt Wells knows more about it than I do. But I always liked Alan Bowman the previous two years when we've seen him. And tonight I didn't – I wasn't crazy about that tech offense. But but the DBs did, are playing better, and there's more of them. And that's what you got to do is you got to build up depth. And um, that's the one thing I think we can say about, about the Alex Grinch uh, experiment year two here is that they are finding more players than they had maybe when he first embarked on this. 
Yeah, I don't think there's there's any doubt about that. Uh, Barry, you talk about Tech's offense being discombobulated, and uh, and Jenny talked about the the turnovers earlier. Tech six fumbles tonight. Uh, OU only got re- recovered the one. There were a couple that went out of bounds, especially on on special teams plays. But uh, a lot of chances uh, tonight for the Sooners to do big things, and they took advantage of uh, plenty of them. I thought that was a missed part when I first saw it, Ryan. Six fumbles? I was like, I was paying attention. I was watching the game. There were six fumbles? I guess maybe the fact that OU didn't come away with them was part of the reason. But, man, oh, man, that was that was shocking to see. Woo. Yeah, it really was. And, and heck, I'm sitting here uh, looking at the some of the cumulative – things i mean uh well that's not right here because it says the tech had 12 fumbles in the second (laughs) so what i'm looking at there clearly isn't correct but uh there were a lot of fumbles i mean heck the tech fumbled three times in the first quarter alone and uh some of those on the snap you know columbia yeah bob went snap shotgun snaps and things yeah yeah, yeah. And, and, and speaking of fumbling the snaps, you know, Spencer Rattler had one early. That was a good play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a good play. Uh, yeah, there's a, and there was a lot that was good about it. One, that uh, Spencer Rattler was able to compose himself and, and get the ball back. Two, uh, I think, Jenny, you mentioned this uh, in our – I can't remember if it was on Twitter in our Slack discussion – that uh, maybe the most impressive thing about the play was the fact that he was able to avoid tripping up on his offensive lineman. I think it was Adrian Ely, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah. And then he's able to, to recognize a receiver downfield and, and hit for a pretty big play. Yeah, I thought that was a, a, a really heady play on his part. There were multiple times he had a chance to, you know, not, not end the play the way it ended up, put it that way. So I think, again, when we're talking about a game – that continues to show signs of evolution. I think, you know, this is one of those that, you know, it just is a broader picture, uh, microcosm of a broader picture for Spencer Rattler. So, yeah, um, some really nice throws, some really good moments for him. Definitely some stuff that uh, I know that they can build on and will definitely uh, be be uh, showing him to continue to, you know, get him get him ready to, you know, lead them in this stretch run. I mean, they're going to need great quarterback play moving forward if they are going to get to the Big 12 championship game. Yeah, and Barry, I think I might have talked myself out of the point I was making earlier about Ramondre Stevenson there. <laughs> hey! There. I, I think Everybody Ramondre up. Stevenson might be let – me, let me uh, revise what I said. Ramondre Stevenson might have been the best sign for the Sooners tonight offensively. Okay, okay. Now we're getting somewhere. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> my, my work is done. <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and concede that point there uh, after uh, thinking about it some more and, and talking about that play. <laughs> so I, I appreciate it, Barry. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, uh, parting thoughts here real quick. Uh Barry, we'll start off with you. Uh, OU uh, has a little bit of a winning streak here, a little bit of momentum going here with three straight wins, uh, going into uh, Kansas next week, and then a week off, and then Bedlam. Uh, just what's your overall overarching thought on this team here uh, heading into the next couple weeks? Well, it was a good day for the Sooners, you know, 
about by about the time the game started or close to it, with K-State losing, with OSU losing. And the Big 12 championship seems, you know, quite possible again. When you lose twice early and you're sort of eliminated from college football playoff consideration, you need to fall back on other, you know, college football is in some ways a consolation sport. Um, College basketball is not. You know, college basketball doesn't really matter what you do as long as you stagger to the finish line of the NCAA tournament and everybody starts over. Not that way in college football. you got to recalibrate for goals. But, you know, the second biggest goal for this program is is win the Big 12 title. The others get to the playoff and do something to get there. But five straight Big 12 championships for OU, I think it's a source of pride. I think they'd like to make it six. That even in a for them a rebuilding year in a down year in a kooky year if they could still win it I think that would be quite a feather and and one to build upon and that today was a good day for that you know I know I know um, I had <laughs> I had this thought after uh, OU lost to K State their first loss of the year because they lost at K State last year and I just really thought that the way they were playing paired with the way other teams were par- playing that last year they, they, that was going to be really, really difficult to nearly impossible. And I wrote as much for them to get back in to the, to the playoff. And it was because it, they even had to have help right there at the end to, to mm-hmm. make the playoff. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it was, it was a high, high um, mountain to climb, but they did get there. So when they lost that game to K-State this year, I thought, well, and in a year of COVID and, you know, seasons that we have no idea what it's going to look like. You know, obviously, that's there's just so many uncertain uncertainties. After that second loss, you start to think, well, maybe not. And I still think, again, I still think it's a very, very high hill to climb when you're talking about the playoff. But as we saw today, I mean, Clemson has to fight and claw without Trevor Lawrence. I mean, last I checked, he's not going to have him against Notre Dame here. Yeah, and he he doesn't play defense, so I don't know what was going on with them today. I mean, they were just. Yeah, they you know, play pretty well overall. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, to me, and, uh, you know, there's uh, teams that are already, you know, st- sort of straddling the line uh, to maybe get six games in the Big Ten. You know, they're two weeks in. So, again, I'm not I, – I, I would not bet if I, if I was a person who did such a thing. I would not bet on Oklahoma making the playoff, but – this year is weird, and I think continuing to win, continuing to improve, those are the biggest things that they can do. And right now they're in a really good spot where they look like they will be able to do that on through the rest of the season. All right, so Jenny says there's a chance. I think <laughs> so you're telling me there's I didn't, a chance. I, didn't, I, didn't, I, I heard her say they're making it. So <laughs> that's what, that's what that's I heard. It, that's going to be the headline <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> iTunes or wherever they listen. Uh, oh, God. Sooners going to the playoff, <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> All right. So on that note, we'll wrap it up uh, from here in Lubbock, where Oklahoma beat Texas Tech sixty-two to twenty-eight after a, a building a forty-eight to fourteen lead at halftime. Once again, I'm Ryan Aber. Thanks to Jenny Carlson and Barry Trammell for staying up so late to to get this thing knocked out. Uh, you can check out our work every day at oklahoman.com and every morning in the Oklahoma for the best OU coverage anyway.